Hello, everyone. This is Culture Comms and Cocktails, the podcast with internal comms served straight up. I'm your host, Chuck Ghost, strategic advisor at Social Chorus. And on this episode of Culture Comms and Cocktails, I am joined by my colleague, Mike Walsh, product marketing at Social Chorus. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hey, Chuck. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we don't get a lot of social chorus voices on here other than my own. So, Mike, thanks again for joining. And let's kick this off by sharing, like, what does it mean to be a product marketer at Social Chorus? Yeah, that's a great question. And it, product marketing is a, is a uh, function and a, a role that can change in different uh, companies where, where you're at. But, but largely what I'm focused on here at Social Chorus is really helping to bring new products and features to market, helping to position what our product offerings are to customers, to prospects, and then working with our teams to go out there and tell the story on how people are using our products, why they're great, and uh, some of the value and the use cases that we're generating from these products. Now, going into this year, 2021, a term that listeners might be hearing, reading on Twitter, reading on LinkedIn, wherever that we're using a lot is this term, digital employee experience. We've got our tune coming up in April, April 13th through 14th. So all about the digital employee experience. So Mike, in your words, thinking about from the product marketing side, define what digital employee experience means to you. Great. That's, that, that's a great question. Yeah. And we'd like to shorten that. It is a mouthful of a word. So we, uh, we shorten that to DEX sometimes too, uh, for digital employee experience. Well, it starts though with the employee experience. So that that is that is a concept uh, that's been around for a while and it's taken on a lot more um, importance lately. And it really refers to the larger journey that employees are going through from hire to retire and all of the different steps and moments that matter along that journey. So onboarding, promotions, exit, things like that. It's all about the touch points and the moments that employees are going through. The digital employee experience is a part of this, the really big part of this, and it's even bigger now as a result of the pandemic with more of us working from home. So since so many of us are now working remotely or in this hybrid environment, as, as, as people are saying now, we're relying more and more on digital technology to really keep us together. Uh, we don't have the office cooler anymore to go around and, and, and talk and catch up with each other. So digital technology is really driving culture, it's driving alignment, it's driving productivity for all your workers wherever they are. There, there's a couple of things you used in there, Mike. One was that hire to retire. That's very good. Mm -hmm. That stuck in my head. I like that. Yeah. And and on a previous episode of the podcast, we had Kristen Cronin from m Bank who talked about the digital employee experience. And as you pointed out, for a lot of employees, this is now their employee experience being digital. If, you, if you're fortunate enough or your job allows you to work from home, you have that. And then there are those employees who are out on the front line, customer facing, who have the opportunity for a brand new digital employee experience uh, for them. And I know that um, as we closed out 2020, we're in the 2021, the company has been doing a lot of research around the digital employee experience. So what are the things, some of the things that you've been exploring recently, Mike? Yeah, great. Yeah, that's, we've been, we have been doing a bunch of research. We've, we've commissioned a couple studies ourselves, as well as worked with folks like, you know, Gartner, IDC, and Forrester to understand what are the bigger trends out there that are happening in the market. And I'd say there's, there's three kind of core uh, trends that, that, that we're seeing. One is that, you know, remote, remote work and this hybrid workforce are really here to stay. 
Uh, it's not going to be going away even after things return back to, to some sort of sense of normalcy. Two is that really the pandemic has only accelerated the needs for digital transformation. And it's really highlighted the gaps in the digital employee experience that we see for every worker. So for a long time, when we talk about the future of work and uh, remote work and things like that, it is really focused on you know, the corporate office worker and it's leaving the desk list, the frontline worker behind. And so we're doing a lot more when it comes to uh, how can we drive equity across the employee experience for every worker, wherever you are, whatever type of job you have. One more thing is that, is that uh, through this research and what the analysts are seeing is that companies are trying to address this, this employee experience and these gaps by, uh, by, by looking for streamlined, intelligent ways to support employees wherever they are with an orchestration type platform that delivers the right information, the right tools, the right technology to people wherever they are. And so it's bringing together uh, groups that may not have always worked so closely together to solve this problem. It's bringing together comms, HR and IT are really becoming the three core folks coming together within an organization to improve the employee experience. Yeah, every time I open up LinkedIn, I see it is article after article, topic after topic about remote work and the hybrid workforce. And as somebody who has, who has worked remote for more than a decade, it, it is an interesting concept for me to understand how that can be new for some people. What does hybrid mean for some workplaces? What about the people who don't want to stay hybrid and want to stay mm -hmm. home, but are expected to go back to work and vice versa, the people that have to go to work and they're like, no, I'd rather go stay home. And I've heard from a lot of communicators that prior to the pandemic, you know, companies were saying, oh, there's, there's no way for, that we can have people work remote. And now companies are learning like, no, we, those were largely excuses. We absolutely can uh, mm -hmm. have people work remote. So in, the, in this research and studies that we've done around remote work and the hybrid workforce, what is some of the information that we found? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's crazy. There's new stats that are coming out every day around uh, what is this remote work experience? What are we learning from this remote work experience and, and experiment that we're all going through? And a lot of times productivity actually is increased. Uh, people are, are working more uh, because of the, you know, there, there's less commute, there's less boundaries between work-life balance. So there's a lot more focus on how do we set up those boundaries? Um, some of the research though that we have found uh, was that Forrester found that really 48% of decision makers really expect to permanently maintain this higher rate of remote work even after the pandemic ends. So we know that there's been an increase in the amount of people who are working from home remotely. Uh, it's gonna go down a little bit once things go back to normal, but it's not gonna go back to the levels they were before. There's gonna be a higher level of people working from home or coming in half time on a rotational schedule. IDC found some very similar trends as well to this. Um, and that's also, uh, bearing out not just the research, but also what we're hearing back from our customers too. So they're planning on bringing back folks slowly to the office, often considering a rotational type basis, um, and, and also exploring ways to let more people work from home permanently or uh, on a much more frequent basis. Yeah, going back to your early point around finding those boundaries, if you do find those boundaries for remote work, please let me know, because that's something <laughs> that I have absolutely struggled with for the past decade. And I know that's a new challenge for some when, when work is home and home is work, it, it sounds great. And there are certainly some advantages to it, but there are also some inherent challenges. And, and it will be interesting to see how 
companies balance the needs of employees. And yes, productivity, there is something around the amount of time work, but also there's, there's a limit to that. If you work too much, at some point you start to become counterproductive to, to the workplace. So in, again, going back to this research, what are some of the challenges that organizations face with supporting this new way of work, whether it is you know, fully remote or hybrid remote or certain part days remote, like how, how can companies manage this? A lot of these challenges actually existed uh, before the pandemic. And uh, again, the pandemic has really just ushered new focus on this. Um, what we've seen, we did, we did some research with uh, over hundred global IT leaders and found that for them, when they look at like their corporate office workers, uh, 75% of, of, of these leaders believe that their workers are less productive because there's just too much digital noise. There's too much digital exhaust, too many pings, too many systems. People don't know where to go to find out what information is relevant. How do I get to a certain tool? How do I be most productive in my job? So uh, the desk worker is overwhelmed with too much content, but at the same time uh, for frontline and mobile workers, it's really the opposite problem. They are left out. So 80% of uh, those survey respondents believe that these workers are actually less productive because they're missing out on key uh, systems and information because they don't have an email address. You know, they're not on the internet. They may not even have a, a way to easily check what's happening through their mobile, mobile phones. Um, so how do we keep these people engaged? Because after all, these are the people who are keeping the lights on, who are, who are really doing the day-to-day -day customer service jobs and production that are essential to our economy. So how do we keep these folks engaged? Yeah, what's interesting about both of those to me is that it sounds like none of us are productive enough for them <laughs> either. If you are if you are a, a desk worker, you're not productive enough because there's too much noise. And if you are a, a frontline or mobile worker, you're not productive because you don't. There, there's not enough noise. There's not enough stuff for you to access. So yeah. to me, I wonder at times how much of that is is their own projection <laughs> uh, meaning that, that they are a desk worker, so they want less pings. They want less. They use that term digital exhaust. I like that. They yeah. want less of that. I, I do. I would say that one. I'm not sure. I'm I'm in alignment with them on. But certainly, if there's those frontline and mobile workers, you know, I think the question the organization should be asking is how can we help them? How can we make them more productive? And finding out what is the information they need and what are the systems they need easy access to. You know, that's what we work with a lot of companies to help them solve. So yeah, de definitely in line for um, with that one. So for the companies that that see these gaps, that see these issues with the pandemic, and as you pointed out, it is exposed um, some gaps here. The pandemic exposed the gaps in a lot of areas, not just in in work life, but when it comes to the professional life, how are companies trying to solve some of these gaps and solve some of these issues? Yeah. So. Some of the research that, that we've seen are, are, again, people are, and this is coming from Forrester and IDC and Gartner and others around, that companies are looking for ways to augment their employee experience with more intelligence, better orchestration of the assets that they already have. Companies already have a lot of tools, technology, and content out there floating around, but it's all about how can we deliver this information to the right person, the right place at the right time in a more efficient way. And so they're looking at ways to orchestrate all of this delivery uh, to people in a way um, that's just easier and more effective than having to hunt and peck through all these different systems. So a lot of companies too are looking at like, all right, what's in my tech stack that 
I can improve that would help this. And um, one of the things that jumps out uh, is the intranet. And so Forrester found that only 66% of companies are really satisfied with their intranet. It actually scored lower uh, than, than pretty much every system within the enterprise. Um, you know, lower than expense and payroll reports and things like that. So that's getting a lot of attention because traditionally that's been a place where a large enterprise has said, hey, go to your intranet to check, check out like what to find, to find tools and information relevant to you. But we know and our belief is that, you know, the intranet is really has always been treated as a destination site. It's been one place that you have to passive, that you have to go to to find what you need. And with the way people are spread out today and the way people work with technology on their phone, you know, on their laptop, in the commute, on the factory floor, we need ways of reaching those workers where they are. And so we actually need to go out and push information to employees. And so those are the, that, that, that's the concept that people are looking for, going away from you know, a pull method where it's all on the employee to find what they need, going more towards a push methodology that delivers information intelligently you know, IDC calls this concept the intelligent digital workspace. Forrester refers to it as the digital employee experiences. Um, and this is really the challenges and the solutions that we're solving for here at Social Force. Yeah, I think that that number around 66% are satisfied with their internet. I got to admit, Mike, I find that number really funny. Mm -hmm. not, not that it's the lowest. That makes me really sad because so many organizations rely on their internet in some ways, but but even that term around satisfied with it, I think there's a lot of employees that would be satisfied if they never even had to go to their internet for yeah. anything. So it's it, it's a that's a pretty pretty low baseline to be to be satisfied with it when they may not even have to use it or go to it. So certainly sure. something that that we are working with organizations to solve. And and as we again we we talked about the attunes that's uh, April 13th and 14th. Excited to have Malcolm Gladwell, famous author, famous podcaster, who's a keynote there. Um, go to socialcoerce.com to uh, get signed up, learn more about it. Mike, I hope we keep doing research, whether it's around decks and we've got in a tune and how do we keep learning and looking at the other research other organizations have done, if you've shared, where can listeners go to download this research and dig in deeper? Yes, for sure. Well, th thanks for talking about it too. And that, that there's a lot more that's going to, a lot more research will be discussed there. Um, but for these reports, we've got reports through with Gardner, with Forrester, our own uh, surveys that we've run. You can go to socialcourse.com, go to resources, and then check out our eBooks and guides. And from there, you'll find a variety of materials like the ones I've gone through today to highlight, you know, the trends uh, that people are going through today. Anytime we can get more information in front of IT leaders, HR leaders, communication leaders, giving them that guidance, fully in support of this. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Again, we'll plug a tune one more time. That's A-T-T-U-N-E, a tune, April 13th through 14th, all virtual, unfortunately, maybe in 2022, we'll be able to all be together in a room. Hopefully. But certainly look for it, get signed up, uh, join Malcolm Gladwell and a host of other diverse speakers out there all talking about the digital employee experience. Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast. It is called Culture Comms and Cocktails. So I do want to close this out, Mike, by asking what is your favorite cocktail? Yes, I'm I'm very simple. I like to go for just a, a regular old Manhattan, something you can just make in, in a glass uh, with some ice and 
you're in and out and done pretty quickly. <laughs> Nothing too fancy. Um, not fancy, but certainly effective. A Manhattan, True. if you if you need <laughs> a good cocktail, I'm a Manhattan fan myself. But Mike, I, I would say I'm I'm a tiny bit disappointed in your recommendation, only because what listeners don't know is that during the pandemic you have relocated to Hawaii. So I would have expected perhaps something a little more Hawaiian from a cocktail standpoint. Yeah, I am I I am taking advantage of the remote work. I'm very blessed and privileged to have my you know my my wife from here. So so we're we're hanging out with her family. But while I'm here, the Mai Tai is definitely the king of the cocktails. That is definitely not something I can make. There's too many ingredients. Uh, but if I'm out somewhere, I'll get I'll get one of those. Mike, thanks again for for coming on the podcast, sharing that great research. And again, go check out a tune. We'd love to have you attend. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comes and Cocktails. Internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.